Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Well, we did offer to do an album, but we got some replies on Twitter that was none too keen. They don't even want a Christmas album. No, there was was none too keen. We did have one person that said, yes, I'd love it. That was Pat. Pat would love it. But I'm afraid the, the rest of the consensus wasn't so thrilled. So maybe we should just do one for Pat. I loved Madonna during that period. She had brown hair and I remember when Like a Prayer video was on top of the pops and everyone was shocked because it was a black Jesus. Do you remember that? I do. You were probably a baby at that point. Oh, no, I was a big Madonna fan. But the reason we're playing Like a Prayer is because it features in a new TV series on Sky called The Idol and it stars Lily Rose Depp and she's a famous pop star. I've sort of got a problem with Johnny Depp having a daughter old enough to like be an adult in, in, in a film. I have. I've got a problem with it because I love Johnny Depp and I want him to be forever young. But he says he doesn't mind her being in this. If she was my daughter, I'd give her a really good slap. Is it? Is it not good? You know, she's so beautiful. She looks just like her mum, Vanessa Parody. I have a huge problem with the idol because she's a very young woman. She's obviously being exploited by everyone around her. She smokes nonstop. She doesn't wear bikinis. She wears what sort of buttons on her nipples and just bits of ribbon. And there's a scene where she's masturbating. I don't want to see that. No, I don't want to see Lily Rose Depp masturbating. I'd have more admiration for her if she'd become a marine biologist or a vet this is porn it's porn it's porn and it's exploitation of young women and the worst scene i've only seen the first episode she's in a disco and the dj who's an old sleaze her friend says oh he looks a bit rapey so the dj starts dancing with her like a prayer i'm on mine oh god oh god we will pray for you to stop. And she takes him to the loo and they start kissing and then she takes him home and he covers her head with fabric and ties a rope round her neck and tries to strangle her. That's really not a first date experience, is it? But all these stories in the press about women, especially young women, and young women are the ones who are going to be influenced by Lily Rose Depp because she's so beautiful. They are saying now that young men want to throttle them. Why are you making a TV show about 
a man, a DJ, who looks rapey, you take him home and he puts cloth over your head and eventually, when she's almost suffocated, he cuts a little hole for her mouth. It is revolting. And we've talked about this before, haven't we, about the porn industry has now become so, so horrific now. There are so many invasive things that they show, so, so, so much that's really... Just not nice. This is mainstream. People are making it mainstream, though. This is mainstream. This is on Sky. It's on telly. You know, children could watch this. We're just pushing the boundaries all the time. You know, more nudity. We've now got a programme again, probably on Channel 4 or 5, where people are having orgies and swapping couples. They're taking everything into the mainstream, and it's it's just awful. Well, yeah, I'm not approved, really. But, I mean, one of my favourite films is Last Hunger in Paris which starred Marlon Brando. I had a huge thing for Marlon Brando. So last time going to Paris, um, the actress complained later that she was abused during the film. She was an adult. It was an art house film. It wasn't mainstream sky that kids can stream in their bedrooms. And you didn't actually see her doing the stuff you see Lily Rose Depp doing. Does she not have enough money? No. Why is she doing this? You would think, wouldn't you, that when you're putting your name to something, when you're creating something, you want to create something that people are going to talk about in 10, 20, 30 years' time. You want to create something amazing and magical. I can't see how she'd have a career after this. And it's it's, it's actually got quite good reviews, but I just think it's just, I just think it's appalling. And I'm not a prude, but I don't like these sleazy old men preying on young women. That's why I didn't like Fifty Shades. And is there a sort of warning about it? Does it sort of come back round to saying, don't go home with a DJ? No, but I'm saying it now. I'm warning people, don't let your daughters watch this. Don't let your sons watch this. But you've been watching Love Island as well, haven't you? Well, do 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 I, I, I'm going to do the Love Island voice, but I can't do it. I think he's a bit Irish, isn't he? I don't know. Or is he brummy? I'm not, I'm not sure. No, I'm not going to bore people with Love Island. All I'm going to do each week is bring you quote of the week. People are quite snooty about Love Island, but actually it's a lot more innocent and sweet and nice than the Lily Rose Depp series it is. People should be criticising that, not Love Island, because they're all quite sweet young people. Anyway, but they are a bit dim. So one of the boys says to another girl, on the outside, I would levitate to a girl like you. Oh, that's quite sweet. So he's Spider-Man or something, Sp- isn't he? <laughs> oh, that's quite sweet. But one of the girls, one of the blonde girls, I can't tell all these blonde girls apart, they all look the same to me. She said, oh, I quite fancy him. I, what's your type? What's your type? Well, I like turkey teeth. And so the whole of England... Broke the internet. We're Googling, what are turkey teeth? So come on, Nick, what's a turkey teeth? Well, for a start. Do turkeys have teeth? Turkeys do not have teeth. Are you sure? Have you ever looked? No, they don't have teeth. They have beaks. Right, I am now on live on air Googling turkey teeth. What are turkey teeth? Well, I'm coming up with dental clinics in Turkey. <laughs> okay, let's what are turkey teeth? What are turkey teeth? Turkey teeth is the nickname given to the trend which sees people heading to Turkey for cheap dental work. The process is that what she means? Apparently, the process sees seventy percent of patients' teeth are filed down into small fangs and replaced by crowns. 
That sounds really painful. Really painful. what she means. I thought she meant like little dinosaur bird teeth. And the dentist screws in fake teeth, which have a lifespan between 5 and 15 years. Is that what Ryland's got? Oh, I, I, I think they're proper teeth. I don't think he's probably I done the turkey. I she meant teeth. turkey as in Christmas. No, I think... He, like, I, think I thought we had little dinosaur teeth. I'm presuming turkey teeth means that you've got really nice, white, even teeth. My teeth, are, my teeth are very expensive. I've got Holly Street teeth. I remember years and years ago, we were riding along and we were riding through the forest and I went under a tree on my horse. On a horse, she means. On a horse, yeah. And I pulled back the branch to get underneath. And I didn't realise Liz was so close behind. And as I released the branch, it smacked her straight in the face. I said, I've got very expensive tea. Well, you wailed. I've got very expensive tea. And my face is expensive as well. It wasn't at that time, though, was it? But it, I'm sure I'd probably had lots of creams on it. You probably had lots of creams. So, yes, yeah, so Liz was waning behind that I could have potentially damaged her tea. Well, Nick, I have to ask you, but how are you? How are you? How are you? Oh, if I only had blonde hair... If I only had a Barbie face and blonde hair, I could be Holly on the sofa. But how are you? More importantly, how are you? And we should ask the listeners. I'm fine, Holly, thank you. How are they? How are you? How are you? Of course we're bloody fine. Our lives are not dominated by the dramas of ITV. And who was the blonde mute sitting next to her? She was like she was sitting next to a mirror. Josie. Josie. Who's Josie? She competitions. But why have two people who look the same? It's confusing. She does the competition, so I like Have someone Josie. different. Well, she's now got a bloke on with her, apparently. Who is that? Connor, Coley, something. God, no. It's no Coley's a fish, isn't it? Um, some, some bloke. It's quite nice looking. And apparently, there's a real a real connection between them. Much better than a fish. But honestly... I was so supportive of Holly last. We talked about Holly last week, didn't we? And we were super supportive. You did your archive with Holly. Yeah, I said she's got a core of steel, which she has. Well, and so we see. Because I swear, if this girl was featuring in the Titanic, she would be pushing Philip off of the life raft to save herself. She has literally just thrown him to the wolves, hasn't she? She's supposed to be his friend. What are you doing? I'm putting me goodnight cream on. I don't know. Does it need to be an inch thick? <laughs> yes, because I can't let sun rays touch my skin because I've had RPL. But, like, talk about save yourself. Where is the solidarity? Where's this friendship that's spanned 15 years and they're besties? Well, you know my friend Rupert Everett, my friend. Right. My Rupert. friend. I did the first ever interview with him and he invited me to his anniversary party. My friend Rupert did a broadcast supporting Philip and saying he's done nothing illegal unless something else is lurking. So maybe something else is lurking. Maybe he tortured a guinea pig or something. I mean, I'm sure that everyone listening to this and you and certainly me is all over this. He's not bloody Rolf Harris, is he? All right. He had sex or mucked about with a younger fella at work. Well, my dignity chip is obviously long gone because I haven't dated over 30 for the last 20 years. And I I had three relationships. In 15 years, I had three relationships with people at work. 
So what? I don't so... think I've ever had a relationship with people at work, although I did employ, and I've written about this in the, in the mail coming up, I did employ, when I was editor of Marie Claire, I had a very handsome young French intern called Laurent. And um, he used to say to me, Liz, I'm off to see the cable guy. I'm off to see the cable. And he was very French. But I never flirted with him. I never touched him. I just thought he was a lovely young person. But I wouldn't exploit someone who was in my employ. It's not necessarily exploiting someone. I mean, I I had a relationship with my one of my managers in when I worked in, in, a, in a corporate environment. I wasn't exploited. Do you think people are just being homophobic? Well, I think at the end of the day, the spotlight has gone on him for some reason. And yes, all right, he was married at the time. Who knows what the situation was between him and his wife at the time? They may have had an understanding because he was obviously gay. Yeah, but Philip's, Philip said he's worried about going out because people are going to spit on him. And obviously, we obviously are concerned about his health, mental health. But no one spat on my husband after he cheated on me and had an affair. I just they should have spat on him. They love, yeah, absolutely. Keep keep this this anger and keep this toxicity for people that deserve it, for paedophiles, for animal abusers. I've had lots of relationships with much younger men. I've never abused them. Yeah, but I've you never... weren't on a TV programme. I wasn't on a TV programme, but I wasn't abused. I wasn't being used. I wasn't anything. We just happened to find each other attractive and get on. People just what will he say when he sees a picture of you with the giant plaster? I think you're going to say, "What was I thinking?" I well, I kind of just like to keep pictures of me out of the environment at all because I no, that's going on. So I'm going to take one. I don't want any of my exes thinking, "What was I thinking?" No, no, no. Right. Well, this week's column, I'm very angry. I'm extremely angry and I'm fed up and I'm angry. Okay. Let it out, Joan. The headline is in which I reach boiling point and there's a picture of a kettle. Actually, do you know this illustrator? It's a good illustration again. You're in a kettle. I think the illustrator's a man. I don't know, but these illustrations are just getting better and better and they always make me thin. So I love them. Anyway, this column is all about conflict. I don't understand why my life is so full of conflict. Before I left London, I don't remember having an argument with anyone. Yes, okay, I was up all night when I found emails from my husband's German mistress on my laptop, but I didn't really care. He wasn't the love of my life. A gardener. I used to have a gardener. I used to have a garden. I've just gone down in the world. I'm being dragged down. I've got a courtyard. But, court, but it's a very... And it, I don't own it. Courtyard. So we're coming to that later. We're coming to that. Don't contradict my column, Nicola. <laughs> it's, a, it's, oh, it's a courtyard. I had a gardener who complained I'd written a column mentioning he was a Buddhist. He came to my door and I just had a, a, something to get rid of my endometriosis. I just had surgery. He knocked on my door and I said, I've just had surgery. And he said, I don't care. He said, you wrote that I'm a Buddhist. I said, well, you're not being very Buddhist now, are you? Oh, like you're saying he's like, I'm Take your hoe and bugger off. A murderer, is it? But other than that, my life was a seamless glide. I would finish work at lunchtime on a Friday. That's when I used to have a fashion column. So I'd finish work on a Friday. I'd stroll to buy flowers from the florist by the church on Upper Street. I would order a tie from round the corner of my lovely square. 
I would walk two minutes to pick it up and that was it. I'd have a lie-in on Saturday. On Sunday, I'd have lunch at the Draper's Arms in Barnsbury, a vanilla cupcake and an artisan loaf from Ottolenghi, sorted. That was my life. That was my life. Cupcakes. Vanilla. Air meat, I had a baking spree and every time I made... Nick has these obsessions, so one minute she's baking every day, the next minute she's doing tarot reading every day and then she doesn't do it for 10 years. There's no consistency, is there, Nick? But I'm carrying on with my column. Now, every day is a pitched battle. I'm up at dawn to sort the horses as Nick is chronically unwell. I must drive hundreds of miles as the Dales aren't near anywhere. I spent five hours driving on Wednesday to and from a vet dentist in Harrogate with Mini Puppy and I don't even own a car. There is constant noise from people mowing and strimming. Why are they mowing and strimming? Stop it! The pressure of having to earn money. I had a breakdown the other day, a meeting with my accountant. It was on the phone and you were talking to him. You were like in an auction house taking an online bid, weren't you? I was, I was the intermediary. My accountant told me that after 40 years at the top, in inverted marks, commas, I have £100 in my business account. Nick was on the phone to him and I was screaming in the background, but I'm fucking 64. I haven't had a day off since 2003. Even my relationships and the muted mini break are fraught. I just texted David number one to say perhaps we should meet for dinner before going on holiday to Sicily. I haven't clapped eyes on him since last October. I had told him I look quite different. I can't tell you how or why, as I've been threatened by a legal letter. More conflict, which has been going on for six months. He has just replied, I'm not sure about meeting for dinner first. I like the idea of just going away. Do you think I would be put off you because of you looking quite different? This is someone who's not got any teeth and cannot walk and needs a mobility scooter. But I could be persuaded, he says. (laughs) This holiday, tell me, please, are we staying on a boat? When do we go? I can't tell you how annoyed I am right now. Tell me, please. Fuck off. I'm alloyed on a cellular level. Everything now is a cellular level. It's a, affecting my cells. Oh, if I went to your doctor, they'd say, well, you've got an annoying boyfriend. They can <laughs> diagnose your cellular change. Demands, demands, demands. In Somerset, where I first moved to after London, people covered my car with bad eggs and shot at me. In the Dales, the farmer next door erected a for sale sign in my garden and wrote the word witch on my barn in red paint. An official receiver accused me of going to Paris on a mini break when it was work and said my kitchen was very small. I was sat for appearing on a TV programme. Trolls attack me every day and run forums discussing me. Megan, trust me, I know how it feels. My landlady, who asked me to put a hose on the garden during a drought. I used to own a 56-acre farm. Even my plumber, who put a bill on my kitchen table when I wasn't home. Burglary? Trespass? He put a bill on my table when I wasn't home. How did he do that? I don't know. How did he get past the collies? No, I think they were out with me. Okay. Anyway, even my plumber is now ghosting me. 
after the new boiler he installed at huge expense has broken for the fourth time. He said he was getting a part and it'll be here in two days. It's been four months. I'm going to track him down. I'm going to track him down. I'm going to punch him. Yeah, you need to get rid of some of this anger. My downfall is entirely the fault of other people. My sister, of whom I've heard neither hide nor hair since the day I was made bankrupt. My ex-husband, neighbours, bosses, workmen. I was very upset the other day when Nick told me she had been to the birthday party of our vet. I was NFI, of course. I'm just the workhorse who pays for things. Enough! 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 So I've had enough of conflict. Does everyone else have these art lives full of conflict? All I do is get up every morning and I work solidly for 14 hours and all I get is people disrespecting me and being rude to me. I think people do because a lot like just interactions and things happen, don't they? But I think you have everything all at once and it's just piling in on you and it's too much. But all I do is work hard. I'm never late. I'm on time. You are. I'm conscientious. Boys. I do everything properly. Absolutely. I help people, you know, and all I get is people being horrible to me. When I was doing my manifestation course... One Did of that things... work? Wait, it's in the process of manifesting what I'm asking for. I don't know how you have time to do all these courses. Well, one of these things it says is about your tolerance levels. And if you want better, you have to raise your tolerance levels. I think I am quite tolerant, actually, Nicola. Oh, you raise your tolerance levels for what you want for yourself. So, you But how can I... I can't make you turn up before five o'clock. I don't have control over other people. I can't make the plumber turn up. No, that's true. That's true. But it's what energy you're putting out there. It's about the energy you put out I was there. nice to him. Hi. Oh, Name oh. might be revealed next week. How are you? Do you think you could possibly come and mend the boiler that you installed and you haven't been back for four months? Do you think it's that these, these particularly with Tracer, they've got so much work, they take on too much work? And then, like, but it's they disrespectful. just have No, it is. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. And the fact that he's not even answering you is horrendous. He's not even answering me. No, it is horrendous. I just think you've had everything pile on all at once, haven't you? There's always something. I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't have struggles. Don't diminish my struggle. No, I'm not diminished in any way, shape or form. I just think like we all have something awful going on and we get so wrapped up in ourselves. And I think, well, for me, certainly, when I look at what other people are going through, it makes me grateful that I'm not going through that quite often. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Anyway, so this is my fit. It's very timely, really, because mortgage rates have gone up again. They've withdrawn all the mortgages over the weekend. Robbie Keane has just evicted a 74-year-old from from their house. They haven't, you know, no-fault evictions have not been changed yet. Come on, Michael Gove, stop dancing and do your bloody job, yeah? So this is my piece, and it was in the paper last year. And my editor emailed me and he said it was the third most read article in the whole paper. Yeah, you got a lot of comments on it as well. So obviously yeah. touched, touched yeah, a nerve. Absolutely. The call happened on Saturday morning last month. I knew it would come. It had been lurking in the background as I tried to carry on, make plans. I knew it was fruitless, that it would all end swiftly, not with a bang, but with a whimper. T.S. Eliot. 
I'm highbrow, isn't it? Highbrow, though. Is it? I've been told there was a viewing planned at my cottage that I've rented since 2018. It's been up for sale since April. I only realised it was going to be sold in February when the landlady turned up with little warning and a state agent in tow who started taking photographs of every room and my garden without asking first or even talking to me because who am I other than a lowly private renter unworthy of even a kindly good morning? Bastards. The viewing was scheduled for 11.30am. There have been many, all fruitless. I walked my dog super early, then raced up a steep hill to make sure I was back in time to tidy up. At a quarter to twelve, my mobile rang. It was the landlady. Anyway, she no longer owns this house because she's older. The viewing is cancelled, but there's another one at half past one. I dared, because you don't have, you can't speak back to these people. I dared to express my dismay, my upset at the constant intrusions. Yes, another no-show, another day when I was unable to do as I please. Right, the landlady snapped. I'm serving you with a section 21. You have two months' notice to move out as of Monday. I crumpled. Again, my life I tried so desperately tried to rebuild was in tatters. No fault evictions, no in a section 21. Enable landlords to evict tenants without giving a reason or establishing fault. No matter how long you've lived there, in my case, four years, or how much money you've spent, in my case, £59,000, I cashed in my pension to put in central heating. You can be summarily dismissed at a moment's notice. Why is this bullying legal? Why are we protected at work if we're unemployed, sick? But when we rent a home, and surely a home is integral to our health, productivity, sense of belonging to a community, we can be thrown to the sharks. Surely there's more to being a landlord than asking me to pay your mortgage when I have looked after your property, paid rent on time. Michael Gove knows as well as anyone that it isn't the workshire you end up renting because he's just got divorced, you see. It's, you don't know when it's going to happen to you. It could be cancer, you're sacked, you get a divorce, you have to move because of your job, yeah. all sorts of reasons. And when you are a private renter... There's the misery, the uncertainty. God only knows how families of school-aged children cope with the disruption. The endless reading and photographing of meters, changing of suppliers, redirection of posts, changing the accounts for tax, and on and on and on. The sort of upheaval she did only do a couple of times in a lifetime. It's so unbelievably stressful. I can't help but suspect the reason the gross abuse of human rights in this country has never been at the top of the political agenda is because the vast majority of politicians, civil servants, newspaper columnists and editors own their own homes or own two of their own homes or own three of their own homes. And so the problem doesn't enter their brains. And if it does, they assume people who rent are feckless or the very young who will soon crawl their way onto the property ladder. These are the sort of people who write opinion columns in the broadsheets along the lines of, what's with the annual DFS adverts on TV? Why do people buy a new sofa every Christmas? I inherited mine. That was an actual column. Why do people keep buying sofas? As was one in The Spectator by a rich middle-class man, obviously, who wondered why young people prop photographs and posters on the floor. Are you too lazy to bang in a nail, he harumphed poshly. Um, no, I do exactly the same. Look at all the pictures propped. 
Because when you rent, you're told not to make any holes in the wall, don't even put up a bed head, or I will deduct the cost of replastering the house from your exorbitant deposit. I've rented nine properties in my adult life, been evicted four times, and I can tell you the older you get, the harder it is to bounce back. All we read about endlessly in the press is generation rent. The poor 20 and 30-somethings are unable to scrape together a deposit and move back into their parents. But let me tell you that to be in your 60s, after a lifetime of hard work and the winning awards, to be renting, tossed on uncertain waves, washed up in a place we've never been to before, away from everything we knew and loved, is infinitely worse. Why? There's not even hope to cling to, so close are we to retirement. I managed to get a mortgage offer before the current crisis, and even then, the rate I was offered was 5%. The maximum term sentence I'm allowed to borrow is 12 years. There's no hope of a partner on the horizon to split bills with. I have sympathy for homeowners whose rates have gone up, but renters aren't immune, as there are no caps on what we pay. Landlords will pass on any increase onto us. I owned my own home from 1983 until 2016. I've never not had a job. I've never had a day off sick. I've never taken a maternity leave. I've never taken any benefits. But in 2016, I lost my home. It had floor-to-ceiling windows, a lawn that swept down to the river. I put in stone flag stores salvaged from the church, railings. I can't go on anymore. It's too upsetting. When I was made bankrupt in 2015, I was forced to put it on the market for £400,000 less than I paid for it. It's a long story. There's a book. My feeling is that HMRC hate high-earning single white females, as do builders, family, neighbours, insolvency lawyers. As a bankrupt, my rental choices were limited. I found a small house nearby, just outside Richmond in North Yorkshire, for £1,700 a month. The search was hard, given the fact I then had cats and dogs. Most rental properties, even in rural areas with ghastly, swirly carpets, stipulate, sorry, no pets. A white paper was drawn up in 2020 to allow renters to keep dogs and cats, given they are, after all, family members, and less likely than toddlers to scribble on walls. It's not yet on the statute books. The wonderful charity Dogs on the Streets which helps the pets of the homeless, reveals the number of pets being given up due to being banned from rentals and even hostels has rocketed. So I went with this house just outside Richmond, but was told, sorry, it comes furnished. I had a lot of furniture, Conran sofas, a 1920s desk, an and marble table, Eames chairs. I was your typical, used to live in Islington, mid-century, Aesop, unguent lover, El Deco reading high-end cliché. So I begged, so, well, can't you put your stuff in storage? I was mindful of my muddy dog, scratchy cat, but was told, no, 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 we can't, it's too expensive. So I had to put all my stuff in storage, give away my brand new appliances, Smeg Range cooker, Miele dishwasher, Miele washing machine, Miele tumble dryer to a friend. But storage proved so expensive. One by one, I had to sell everything on eBay, even my 40-year collection of Vogue's. Imagine my shock when the landlord, having sold everything, a year later said they bought a holiday home in Devon and were coming for their furniture. So then I had no furniture because they said, oh, we want our furniture now. Yeah, that was really not on. 
I finally moved out of that house in 2018, tired of neighbours calling the landlady to tell her I hadn't put my car in the garage or that my dogs were barking. They used to complain about me, but she hasn't put her car in the garage. I don't understand why neighbours are like that. Why do they care? Why? Why? Because they have no intellectual life going on in their heads. They're just stupid. I have a very rich internal life, thank you. Yeah, it just makes it very difficult to live in harmony when your neighbours are behaving like that. Oh, well, here's my next point in this piece. Another problem as a renter is the assumption that somebody who rents is stupid, thick, moronic, careless, lazy. Take the two male landlords of the flat I rented in Clerkenwell at over £3,000 a month. It's another long story involving family members of children shooting at my property, broken eggs on the roof and bonnet of my BMW that I had first thought had been laid by one of my hens, suddenly athletic, until I noticed the shells had a kite mark. So I had to move out of that farm and I rented this place in Clerkenwell and they told me, you need to ask your cleaner to vacuum the radiator so there isn't any dust on the paintwork, they told me. They only deigned to redecorate after I gave them my notice after three years, not even waiting until I'd moved out. They almost trumped the homeowners of that. It's furnished, it's not furnished, it's furnished, it's not furnished people who had a house in Devon who emailed me the very first summer to say, can you put a hose on the garden? I'm not an idiot. No. Well, take the landlady. We've just talked about her. I hate her. Take the landlady of the flat that I lented in Primrose Hill, one bedroom, over £3,000 a month in 2018. Handing me the keys, she was a mature student. Dear God, I'm successful. How do these people get to your own property? She pointed out I would need to buy expensive saucepans as the hob was induction. Don't let water pour on the floorboards and don't let the front door slam. And this is the killer. Please don't wear jeans on the sofa as it wears it out. When I complained, because she so annoyed me, I sent her an email and I complained about the filth of the communalaries. The communalaries, letters, circulars, pizza menus. I couldn't stand it. And I was the only one who vacuumed the stairs and I was on the ground floor. She said, oh, that's a surprise. As apart from you, every flat is owner-occupied. Bitch. A bitch? What, what is her point? Oh, because oh, apparently you rent, you're a filthy slut. Oh, I'm going to curse her. She kept emailing me. And here's advice for anyone renting. Never, ever rent via open rent where you deal with the landlord direct. That way madness lies. Saying, I read you in the paper you have collies. They're not in the flat, are they? I kept assuring her they were in Yorkshire. She enlisted an upstairs neighbour to spy on me. When I was evicted for no reason in 2019, having spent a fortune moving my desk, books, magazine, clothes, I know the names of the nice men at Watson's removals and I also know their birthdays, those men. Hello, Liz, you're off again. Anyway, she lied the flat was being sold, but I saw it up for rent two weeks later at an escalated price. She wanted to withhold some of my deposit. They were no longer the cheap Woolworths fairy lights on the balcony. I chose the cottage I'm in now, which had just been sold and I'm staying, as the landlady didn't mind I'd been bankrupt or that I have dogs and it has a magical view. 
But when I moved in, it had no heating, laminate flooring, a cooker that caught fire, a fridge that broke, a fuse box that was 26 years old. The washing machine used to dance across the room when it was on, then it broke. There was no tumble dryer, though the lease bans the washing line. The roof and windows leak. Exiting the front door during a rainy days, like Bravey in Niagara Falls. I have videos. I know it was idiotic to spend my pension on it, but I work from home and I need to be warm. The bathroom is mouldy. My accountant warned me not to do it, but my home is important to me. I get depressed in a dump. Anyway, terrified of being homeless again before it got sold, I went to look at another rental. The woman opened the door and a huge Labrador emerged when her ad just stipulated only one small dog for an escalated rent. What are they going to do? Weigh it? One small dog. How many dogs do you have? She asked me, craning to look at the two out of four who'd come along for the ride. Me. Um. <laughs> she showed me round and it was lovely. It will come on furnished, she said. Great. But I was slightly galled. I'd just given away my £4,000 by spring bed I'd bought in Surf Selfridges. The current rented cottage is so small it wouldn't go through the front door. I couldn't work out the layout of the house. Ah, she said, unlocking the door to the loveliest room, dual aspect, views of a river. We'll be pushing all the furniture in here and locking the door. This is our forever home. We'll be back in two years, which is when you'll have to move out. Ah! <sighs> That's award-winning, that is. Award-winning. Third most read piece in the paper. I think it just a lot of people have had the same experience. I don't care about other people. I care about myself. Stop going on about other people. <laughs> Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Well, talking about other people, do you want to hear the letters? Come on, then. So we have, let's cheer things up. We have Deborah. Uh, Come on, Deborah. Deborah says... Hi, Nick. I had to email you both today after listening to the latest podcast. I was on my way to work. I own a hair salon in Surrey. It was so emotional about Gracie. We've had lots of cats and dogs over the years, and when the end comes, it's always horrendous. Liz and yourself are so honest and open. I've listened to lots of podcasts, but yours is one of the best. I just love it. So we're still getting we're still getting lots of emails about Gracie, um, so I think you do care. We've got Suzanne, who says... Hi, Liz. I read your column every Sunday. However, the past two weeks, you have really worried me. I know I don't know you really, but I have a challenge in life too, different from yours, but I'm alone raising my disabled son. I wanted to reach out and say, you will get through this. You are a strong, resilient character, and I've struggled to read how badly you feel and how even your bath was left to another day. I've never written to anyone remotely famous, but I just wanted you to be kind to yourself. Find yourself again. Thinking of you, but... Not in a weird way. I'm not a stalker. And that was from Suzanne. And then we have... This is funny. This is funny. We have... Dear Liz, I could be David 3.0. Where do I apply? Graham, not David, but I could compromise on that.
Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.